Hi, I'm Max. I'm Joe, And I'm Zan. And we're the Three Whining Witches. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and follow and give us a five-star rating. Also, please share this podcast to those who you think might enjoy our content. Hi, witches, and welcome back to the podcast. Hello. Hi. Hi, guys. Hi, how are you doing? Good. How's everybody doing? Good. Trying to keep cool. I know. It's still very hot. And you're wearing a long sleeve. How? how? It's very cold in my office. Okay. <laughs> it's like we, in Texas heat. You're there trying to compensate for how hot it is outside by freezing you, you know, so you can last until you get to your car, I guess. <laughs> you could do frost. Yeah. Yeah. Any plans for the weekend? Not really. Yeah, I think that this is probably one of the first weekends I don't really have any plans, and I'm actually kind of happy. I kind of want to relax. Actually, I think the most recent book that came out, that's probably going to be what I'm going to be spending my time on. A Soul of Ash and Blood. That's what I've, I'm going to probably be. Is that part of a series? Listening to. Yeah, it's from Blood. Blood and Ash. Oh, okay. From Blood and Ash, yeah. Uh, okay. yep. yeah. Well, unfortunately, fortunately, I have to work this weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So nothing fun for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll be doing a little bit of that, too. So, mm, Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll be hanging out with the kids, so that's kind of work because, you know, they're crazy. Ma'am, are y'all excited? We're starting season two. Oh, yeah. Yes. yes. I am. New ex- book. <laughs> this book, yes, especially. <laughs> new book, new me. Oh, no. <laughs> Our first wine of the night is Rufino Prosecco Rosé, a DOC sparkling wine product of Italy. Is it from Italia? It's Italia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so book one closed with Vera beating Amarantha's trials, and Amarantha didn't like that, killed her, and the other seven high lords gave them a little bit of her, their magic to bring her back to life, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the mojo. <laughs> so starting with chapter one of a court of mist and fury. Yay! Huzzah! <laughs> <laughs> so following her return to the spring court, Farah is struggling with nightmares of her time under the mountain and all that she had done to survive and to save all of Prithian, including killing two fairies. It's been three months and she frequently awakens from these dreams to puke her guts out. Mm. She also has trouble acclimating to her newly acquired strength, longer legs. She's very clumsy. Mm. How mm. much longer? I know. I don't know. <clears throat> I, mommy, I don't... mommy long legs. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Is it like walking on stilts? I think so. I want to sign up for this. Like, where, where do I sign up for longer legs? Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think that my inseam is like 26 or something like that. It's really tiny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know mine at all. Mm. You just buy it. It's probably normal. It's probably it's like probably, 30. Yeah. Probably, yeah. That's yeah. probably why I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, longer legs. Yeah, you've never had to like worry about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, Farah hadn't heard from Reese in these three months, but the tattooed eye on her palm seemed to continuously watch her. Even if Reese had forgotten, Farah could not. It was tattooed all over her arm. All still considered Reese their enemy, including Tamlin. But Farah didn't feel like he was an enemy, not since their last meeting on the balcony, which she had kept a secret. 
So why do you think Feyre kept this last meeting with Reese a secret? I feel like she wanted to avoid to avoid conflict with Tamlin going after Rhysan because of that moment that she had with him back there of sincerity. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's starting to feel like a little bit better about him. <clears throat> I, I don't know why she would keep it a secret. Well, I, I guess you wouldn't necessarily want to tell Tamlin. Tamlin doesn't seem like the kind of guy that you would tell that to, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's like, a, you know, he's like a possessive person, yeah. right? So yeah. he's probably the type of guy who doesn't even want her to have male friends, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, like, mm-hmm. Lucian's okay, but nobody beyond that, right? Well, not even that, but that's we'll true. get we'll get that's, to that in a minute. True. That yeah. is true. Yeah. He doesn't a... even like that she says his name. So. I know. Oh, oh, yes. so, uh, and ridiculous. I would say Lucian's name all the time, every day. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Rory's starting. She hasn't even had a sip of sip. I know. Hey, in Spanish... Ay, 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 ay. Oh. Cantando llores. <laughs> I used to have to sing that song. I sang that song, I think, in the fourth grade. Cielito hmm? lindo. Oh. oh, did you wear the little folklorico dress? I did wear one of those dresses, but it wasn't like one of the big folklorico. It's one of the shorter ones that mm. was like below, a little bit below the knee. Oh, oh. I had ruffles. I need yeah. to see that picture. I don't think <laughs> I have. You know, uh, I was the middle child, so I'm pretty <laughs> sure that there was is no true. picture. My sister has no pictures when she was little. <laughs> Favor goes back into the bedroom to the sight of naked Tamlin in their shared bed. This is what she had worked so hard for. For him, she had gladly wrecked herself and her immortal soul. And she would have an eternity to think on it. Tamlin never stirred when she awoke from these nightmares or her time spent over a toilet. What a jerk. I know, right? It's messed up. Mm. You know what's funny is like, I I mean, I know I I do have like this motherly ear, but whenever I know that Arnie is puking or I hear the kids about to puke, I run to the restroom, you know, I I cannot sleep through that. But you cannot tell me that he can't hear that. He's a fairy. I know. Did you hear it? Parent on the dramatized version. Uh, she was not quiet. I know. <laughs> also, I don't think anybody really pukes quietly, right? Oh, okay, but okay, on the graphic audio, that that puking noise is very comical. Yeah. I laugh every I'm like not to be like kind of cruel, but it's, <laughs> but it literally sounds like someone's throwing like a wet rag against right. the floor. Oh, it's gross. Like, like, there's not even any chunks. It's all water. Oh, <laughs> it's so, it's so, she must not be eating. So how can you tell if it's chunky? I wouldn't sound like mop water just being sloshed around. It's it literally <laughs> more. Of, oh my god! Yeah, it gross. sounds really weird. It sounds like you're throwing like play-doh against. I don't know how to like, describe it. It sounds bad. Oh, gross. <laughs> like soup when you pick it up and you yeah, chunk it yeah, down. Yeah. You can hear some like little bit, bit, bits of un, nasty, dude. Food. That's yeah. nasty. So, okay. <laughs> so however, he too had similar dreams. He would shift into his beastly form and lay across the foot of the bed standing guard. Neither of them spoke of their dreams. That would mean Amarantha won. So they keep silent and Pharaoh remains secretly broken. That's sad. That is sad. Like she's that, just suffering in silence and I don't know. If, if that was Charlie, I would just like punch him in his sleep like wake up fool. Right. Like he, <laughs> he, he Tamlin is supposed to be the man that she shares all her problems with, mm-hmm. but it seems mm-hmm. like she's just unable to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I he, wish I could like go back to when I first read it and just kind of like remember what I felt when I first read that chapter. <laughs> 
But like, like I'm already like, I hate this man. <laughs> like it's already starting. But yeah, I think that even let's say the first time around, once you hear that he was able to sleep through that, that, oh, that bothers and, me anyway. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, what a dude. Like you're gonna sleep while I'm puking my brains out? What a douche. What it's almost like uh when you're pregnant and you have morning sickness and, and your baby daddy's like oh my gosh. able to sleep through the night. Or Mm-mm. like when I was pregnant with Arnie Arnold was able to eat the whole Whopper and I couldn't keep anything down. I was so mad because I was like, he can eat a Whopper with cheese and I can't even eat half of it because I'm about to puke. Oh, that's messed up. When I had a fever, Charlie was like, suck it up, buttercup. (gasps) Our next bottle of the night, it's called Liquid Popsicle Mm. in the flavor Sweet White Lemon Lime flavor. Mm. So it's like perfect for summer, I think. Yes. Yeah. It sounds tasty. Very tasty. Okay, let's go over to chapter two. Feyre and Tamlin find themselves arguing when Feyre wants to go into the village. This is her new court after all. Tam refuses to let her go because they are still chasing down Amarantha's beasts and he cannot afford to have anyone escort her. They are newly engaged and she has been bombarded with wedding plans, flowers, clothing, seating, arrangements, etc. She... uh, only had a break when the court celebrated the winter solstice, which meant three days of feasting, drinking, and exchanging small presents. She never mentioned to anyone that this was her birthday as well, but she figured she had received enough presents and would see more after their wedding. So, would this fly for you and your birthday if it happened to fall on a holiday? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a hard no for me. Yeah, yeah, like, it's your special day. You should get a little bit of attention. Acknowledgement. A yeah. cake. Yeah. With your name on it. <laughs> but poor Feyre, she's, you know, she's going through it, you know, so. She's wanting as little attention as possible, I guess. Yeah, that yeah, sucks. I guess. I would be down. But no. you know, like, a lot of people are like, and she's 19. <clears throat> you know, at 19, you, like, celebrate it for, like, a week. It was a birthday month. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, that's kind of crazy that she's not even. I mean, that says something about her that she's not even wanting to celebrate. Hello, hello. I know. Yeah. I still have birthday months, and you know, that's one of the first things you learn about somebody, right? It's their birthday. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, was it like on Christmas, like on Winter Solstice, like the day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you see, that's what sucks because when you're born on a holiday, you want to. He can freaking, afford. He can afford it. Yeah, right? he can totally afford it. Tamlin and get her an extra cake. Exactly. <laughs> I'm all about the cake. Heck yeah. <laughs> Give her the cake. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So it's uh, two weeks until their wedding day, and Feyre is looking for an escape. Which is why, which is not a good sign, by the way, (laughs) which is why she is arguing with Tamlin for some freedom to go into the village. She wants to help with the village's recovery efforts, possibly help them hunt for food, but Tamlin is adamant it is not safe for her. This was his response in every argument. Just yesterday, Lucian had hunted down five Naga. (laughs) Naga. (laughs) There you go, Arnold. Tam begs her to do this for me. Uh, no, bitch, sir. <laughs> I did all. I died for you. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, do this for me. Oh, just the just this one more thing, Tamlin. I, <laughs> like, I know. I only died for you. I know. 
Uh, stay home and do things around the house, like paint. I know. That's so belittling, like, right? Like, you, mm. you're, you don't have to contribute anymore. I am the high lord. Oh, you can stay goodness. home and paint. Don't forget your apron. Oh, my goodness. It's mm. like sending a woman to a kitchen. Do you make me a sandwich? Oh my gosh! You know, even know how many times I've heard that. <laughs> uh. So this leads to our uh, second or next question, which is: Don't don't you think Vera has done enough for him? How can he ask for more? For sure, that's enough. Yeah. Like she did enough for all the Prithian. Nobody <laughs> should be asking her anything. That's for damn sure. Well, I like. I don't think that he should be like making her stay in the, this cage you know like mm-hmm. where you know not believing that she can't protect herself she literally did protect I herself know. and now she's more equipped you know she's got the strength and uh, longer legs to run faster <laughs> right <laughs> she can jump like now. a gazelle what if i sign up for these legs okay staying home was not an escape for farah Alice, along with many other Fae, were so filled with gratitude that she wasn't allowed to help with anything. And now, in a show of stability for the Spring Court lands, she's wearing bright dresses and flimsy shoes, (laughs) not not the tunics and pantaloons (laughs) she was comfortable in. Can you imagine just, like, lounging around your pantaloons? (laughs) <laughs> Sounds nice. I would love hey, to. I have lunch. a question: Are pantaloons like? Is our panties? No, are they like baggy? No, I don't okay. think so. <laughs> because that would be funny if panties were short for pantaloons, right? It's not. No, I don't know. I think it probably is. Okay, you know what? We'll really? ask Siri. Uh, Siri, no. <laughs> hey Siri, Doctor Google, <laughs> Doctor Google. Are panties are... short for pantaloons? Hey Siri, wake up. Your phone said no, bitch. He <laughs> said hey there, by the way. It's 7.52. <laughs> Did you look it up? Oh, no. I'm looking it up now. Sorry. She's okay. too sad right now. <laughs> oh, well, calm down. I'm barely pouring. Barely. <laughs> Bottle's like... Anybody uh, else empty? Hey, hang on. No, I'm not empty yet. <laughs> Ma'am. I'll wait for y'all to take the first sip with you. Dale. <laughs> okay. So this is interesting. Eventually, women adopted men's undergarments for themselves with some modification. This is the point where the ubiquitous ubiquitous <laughs> term pants has has its beginnings. Pantaloons, pants, and panties all come from the same remarkable origin. A Catholic saint martyred in the first century A.D. named Saint Pantaleon. <laughs> Pantaleon. 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 Um. So, what do they worship that saint for? Let me find out. He's That's, probably the patron never saint heard of, of pants. You know, you know the saint of a girl. <laughs> okay, so oh, that's a little more education. Now, Saint Pantaleon had nothing to do with pants himself, oh. but centuries after his death, he became a focus of a religious zealotry in Venice, Italy, where many men wore a peculiar type of breeches that were rather poofy. Because the men who were also part of the cult of St. Pantaleon wore these same poofy breeches, they came to be known as pantalones. I'm not even joking. It says, unless, ah, you, unless you want to say pantalones. 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 
Because of their rather flamboyant behavior, dress pantalones became the stereotypical way to depict Venetian characters in comedic plays, which traveled across Europe. Mm. We should wear some for the Renaissance Fair. So these pants, which was pantalones for short, you know, short, Mm -hmm. uh, among the women, they remained undergarments, which got continually shorter and smaller as the centuries passed and are now referred to the, or with the diminutive panties. Oh, see, so I knew, I know, I know what I'm talking about, panties and pantalones. Eventually, it's just going to be tape, you know, (laughs) a censorship. (laughs) Well, I don't even wear anymore. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay. When walking towards the manor, she looks at her old painting room. She hated the thought of painting now. Oh my gosh. I know, that's shocking. That's bad for Feyre. You know she's sick. She stopped cataloging colors, textures, and didn't even want to look at the paintings hanging in the halls. And you know how mm-hmm. much in love she was with those. I know, she was almost in, in tears, right? Or in the, like yeah. yeah, in the first book. And you know how she was very descriptive when she was, you know, uh, walking throughout the spring court and she was cataloging uh, all the different colors around her and that she was seeing, so... Mm-hmm. You know it's a bad sign when Feyre stop, stops seeing color and stops seeing artistic things around her. As she gets closer to the house, she hears her name being called by Ianthe. <laughs> sorry. High priestess and childhood friend of Tamlin. She's been helping Feyre plan the wedding, helping Tamlin choose what Feyre wears and how to decorate the manor for different festivities. Currently, they are working on seating arrangements for the upcoming nuptials. Ianthe asks if Feyre's mortal kin would be attending the wedding, and Feyre answers no. She hadn't even thought about inviting them or revealing what she had become. Nesta detests Ianthe's kind. Feyre is corrected their kind she is now one of them and as lady of the spring court she will be judged by all that she says kind of like nowadays so uh, yeah so like, <laughs> if you were yeah if you were like high lady and you were judged for how you said what you said i mean like what do you think your people would think of you for me they would tell me that i'm too blunt mm. and uh yeah for my people would be like Quit mumbling. Oh, <laughs> talk a little slower, please. Yeah, I think yeah. mine would be too blunt, or like say, or I don't know. It's it's probably one or the other. Like say what's really on your mind, because I know I hold back a lot too. Mm-hmm. Mine you, would mine would be like that Twilight video I sent you earlier with Jasper, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or you can't hear what, like understand what they're saying. Mm. <laughs> I have one more question. Sorry for the last paragraph. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. You know how she doesn't like the painting and whatnot, or she's not into it. Mm-hmm. What would be one thing that if you weren't into it, people would know that there was something wrong with you? If they weren't into it? Like, like if, so Favre, Probably, if like, they were not painting, you would notice there's something wrong with her, right? Oh, what gotcha. Would, what would something that you would change or a change in you would be noticeable? If, if you caught me without my phone, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, um... Yeah, I guess if you, you know, spoke to me and you learned that, you know, I hadn't 
been reading anything new or if I haven't been fangirling on something or like, you know, I'm, or if you saw me just immersed in work only, maybe, mm -hmm. because that is not my fave, you know? I think my thing would be like, this isn't sound so snobby, but like my hair mess and me not without, with makeup, oh, makeup because I, no, you're right. I have like made it part of my daily routine to wake up, shower, put my makeup on and do my hair. Like I do it, you know, every single day, whether I'm going to go see people or not. And I think it's, it's because, you know, sometimes I don't want to do that, but because oh, yeah. I made it part right. of my daily routine, it's natural to me i have a routine it's not that long right mm -hmm. but but if i were to not do it people would say especially my husband would say what is going on <laughs> yeah what's going on with you because i've done it and the only time i've not done that is when i'm sick you Aww. know you know i agree with that uh you know that's probably absolutely if you saw me without makeup all day like mm -hmm. okay okay you caught me it's at the beginning of the day, it's it's eight a.m. You know, mm -hmm. I probably have one one eye done with eyeliner, <laughs> <laughs> one eyebrow, whatever. Okay, but if I don't even finish it, if I don't even put on any kind of like blush or anything like uh -huh. that at the end of the day, there's something going on with me. Right. So, because that's and I feel like during like of course during the pandemic, like you stop caring like after two years. Like you're in year, you know, two of the pandemic and you don't even really see other people's faces mm -hmm. on a daily basis. You just see masks. Right. Or you don't even see anyone in person. You just are in Teams meetings or, or um, Zoom meetings. You don't even like, you're not seeing anybody in person. Mm -hmm. It's very like alienating. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. I feel like that is like, that has a huge impact on our psyche. Mm-hmm. Me personally, you know, because I felt like, oh, I, you know what? I almost lied to myself. Oh, I am really this, what is, what are they called? Uh, um, when you don't like being around other people that much. Um, mm -hmm. Like introverted? Like, yeah. It, I was like, oh yeah, you know what? I didn't realize it. I'm an introvert. Like, but no, no, bitch. Zan, you're not. You're half and half. Like I am half introvert, half extrovert. I am very social. I want to be out. Mm -hmm. But like not wanting to do that mm -hmm. anymore mm, yeah that, that's not me that really isn't so i'm always cracking jokes or trying to crack jokes or whatever just you know me if you mm -hmm. find if i'm not doing that you'll know something's wrong yeah like talking smack to people or whatever that's have you ever like <coughs> surprised charlie <coughs> all the time <laughs> What did you surprise? <laughs> Are you talking about the lunch? No, no. no. It's just like, no, I mean, like, no. Have you ever like worried Charlie? Have, has anything ever worried Charlie? Like he's like, yo. Like, well, I know that I got into the habit of watching a lot of the Asian dramas to keep a little bit sane since my dad passed away or whatever. Then I stopped watching like a lot of TV, uh -huh. period. You know, I'd go home and just lie down and just be on my phone and not do anything else and just think. 
And yeah, that worried him because I wasn't myself. Because you were thinking? Because I was thinking. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just I don't think much. <laughs> oh, yes, you do. <laughs> Remember, we discussed this. Thinking at 2 a.m. I think of that is yeah. true. I think of good stuff at 2 a.m. <laughs> after yes. a wine night because that wasn't a Friday. After. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. You never know when to, inspiration. You're like, strength. drink up today, Max. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Get inspired. Okay. <laughs> so Farah's Farah thinks that she's no lady of any court. She wasn't born high fae and she wasn't mated to Tamlin. As far as she knew, Ianthi would make a better match and possibly a better sign of strength for Prithian. You know, the fact that she even thinks that. That's kind of messed up. I uh-huh. was just thinking not. Yeah. Like, you don't think about that when you're like, oh. Like, you're like totally... doubting it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, this other person would definitely make a better match for my fiance, you know? Yeah, nah. I'd be mean, like, bitch, <laughs> back off. I know. She's like finding an excuse to like break up with her <laughs> already, <laughs> right? Like, go with her. She's silently taking a step back. Right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. High Lord and High Priestess. Usually, a High Priestess oversaw ceremonies and rituals and advised lords and ladies on all things. Ianthi was one of twelve who governed their sisters across every territory in Prithian. Feyre expected them to be ancient, celibate, and quiet. However, when Ianthi entered, all these expectations had been trampled. Especially the celibacy part. Dang. Yeah. She's calling her a hoe. She's a, she's a freaking man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know what, girl? Those were trampled on in the real world, too. Priests. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, just saying. That's like... Okay. It's the last thing I'll say about that. Well, yeah. So, priests originally were not celibate. Oh, I did not know that. I learned this. Um, I... Because I... I listened to the Bible in a year, <laughs> and uh, prior to Jesus Christ, the priests were not celibate. Oh. They took on wives and whatnot. They should have kept that going. <laughs> like, if it was closer to when... Uh, anyway, whatever. I mean, Just my twice. opinion. Okay. Priestesses could marry and bear children. Ianthi was the youngest high priestess and was keen to enjoy the finest males the land had to offer. Ianthi is asking Farah about the colors for the wedding, and Farah really doesn't seem to care. She doesn't like the dress Ianthi picked out for her either. It was a monstrosity that made Tamlin <laughs> laugh when Farah showed it to him. However, he still sided with Ianthi because she knew what she was doing. Farah just doesn't want any red flowers. That's literally the only thing that she asks of Ianthi. And she expresses that this ceremony is important to herself as well. Which, okay, like, make this about you. (laughs) (laughs) She's happy to be part of this court and together with Tamlin, Feyre, and Lucian. They make a formidable unit, not that Lucian wants anything to do with her. Ianthi often brought up Lucian, sort of obsessed with being near him, touching him. Lucian was not interested, so step back. He did not forget that Ianthi and her family fled during Amarantha's reign, when many of their kind were tortured and slaughtered. That night, Tamlin returns home and Feyre is having trouble sleeping. They get it on because that's not a problem between them. 
they like, you know, they like having sex. He apologizes to Feyre about the argument earlier. Feyre is everything to him and he needs to know that she's safe. Soon Feyre would be his wife and they can leave all of this behind. Right? Like, let's, once we're married, <laughs> because that's going to fix everything. Everything will be better. And then after that, it's like, oh, we'll have a child and everything will be better. <laughs> And then it's like, you know, we'll divorce and then everything will, will really actually be better. <laughs> so she asks what everyone will call her and if she gets a title. He asks if she wants one and Pharaoh says, not really, but she doesn't know if she can handle being called High Lady. He tells her there is no such thing as a High Lady. High Lords only take wives. Consorts. Dang. Mm, I know. There never has been a high lady. Feyre tries to argue a bit more on the subject, but Tamlin distracts her with his mouth. So this whole time that he's he's having like sexy time with her, you know, obviously, uh-huh. like it's the sexy time that you wish he had had with her in the first book mm-hmm. because it's a lot more descriptive. It, it is bittersweet because like this book does like this is arguably a lot of the fandoms favorite book Mm -hmm. but it does start off with a somewhat steamy scene for Tamlin Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. but you know there's always that but but it's (laughs) but it's Tamlin so this brings us to a question which is what do you think about Tamlin's answer to her question about titles especially about the you know the high lord high lady I think that she earned her spot in his court. Absolutely. She should be considered equal. She did more for his court in all of Printhian than he was able to. So why yeah. not give her the effing title? Like, make it happen. You're a freaking high lord. Yeah. Like, you yeah. get to say what goes on. Yeah. Like, later on, as Lucian says, he gives an order and they follow. Exactly. Why couldn't, why couldn't he give him the order, hey, this is my high lady? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. And also, this is where he mentions it when she was talking about Lucian's mother, and he says, I don't want you saying another man's name. <laughs> oh, right? Right, yes. right? Which is kind of yes. messed up because I remember that. Ayanthe's his friend from like childhood, and she's like a woman. And he's Dude. taking on her advice, which pisses me off. Exactly. Like, you know what? My advice is the best advice. Don't you go <laughs> taking any other woman's advice. I know everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you think she picked out a dress that was like. I think for on purpose. I think that she may have picked something where she could show up Farah. Is my opinion. She wanted to look good with her little bangles mm-hmm. and whatnot, and her cinched in waist. And uh, Farah would look like a cupcake, <laughs> <laughs> like a three tier cake. Yeah, yeah. The fact that she, her, and Lucian, it's so early. Like, there's like hints of foreshadowing for. I know, I, I, but you know what? I haven't said foreshadowing for a while. But yeah, there's, since last week. <laughs> but there's so many hints of foreshadowing for like the next book, and it's so great. But like, it's like the thrown in there that oh, I don't want to hear another male's voice. Um, excuse me, like it's Lucian. That's your best friend. Yeah, like, it's not like he's gonna do anything with her. Like you know, like I am right. sorry. 
but he, maybe he's jealous of him. Like, I think aside he, from he, he's jealous of any uh, male yeah. kind. Any he's male. He's jealous of the adder. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, like, but Lucian is always okay. So. Lucian's personality. He's got he's got something to work with, not just sexy body, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's still good looking with an eye with only one eyeball. So, uh, yeah. that's, I mean, he's working with a lot more uh, underneath the surface. Mm-hmm. So, and and Tamlin is just surface. So, uh, yeah. Well, Tamlin. I, oh, of course, he never wanted to be. You know, he right, did. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. okay. Chapter 3. The next morning, Lucian is waiting to take Feyre to inspect the progress of the nearby village. Feyre asks him why he hadn't told her about the Naga. Sandra? <laughs> Nalga. <laughs> Do it for Arnold. No. Um, right. She tells him she doesn't want his pity, and Lucian tells Feyre that Tamlin suggested not to tell her. Feyre tells Lucian that she's not made of glass, but Tamlin is high lord. If he gives an order, Lucian obeys. She points out that he didn't have that mentality in regards to the cereal. Lucian says that this is a different time. They need order and rules. And Lucian sets the example. He cannot risk the stability of the court by pushing back. Tamlin is giving as much free reign as he can. Liar. Liar. (laughs) Feyre and Lucian argue back and forth over the fact that she's finally leaving the estate grounds. She didn't realize she had become a prisoner. When When she was a mere human, she was allowed to wander where she wanted. Lucian points out that Tam did not care for Vera as he does now, back then. Which, that, w- for that real, right? was interesting. Mm-hmm. She was just a lowly human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All his enemies know that they just have to get to Feyre to get to Tam. She understands this, but Tam... Does he expect her to just spend all her days at home wearing pretty dresses and ordering the servants around? Oh, my God. Mm. And then, like, I didn't write this down, but Lucian's like, isn't that what all human women want? Oh, my goodness. That was awful. Yeah, but he should know better. I know. I'm going to punch him. Feyre is very different. Mm -hmm. Obviously, she came and she rescued all of Prithian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they continue to argue about this until Lucian tells her that as Tam's wife, there will be traditions and expectations she must uphold. So do you consider yourself a traditional woman? I am far, far, far from being traditional. I don't think I'm traditional at all. I am very much a do-for-myself Mm-hmm. person and I think all three of us are mm-hmm. I think we are all three kind of very strong women in our in our relationships mm-hmm. and in our families mm-hmm. and we take the lead in a lot of ways but myself you have to constantly change based mm-hmm. on what yeah. your circumstances are at the moment and so because of that I am not <clears throat> traditional I am accepting of most things Anything that comes my way, like anything that I uh, feel like that needs to change, I have to adapt. So that's what you have to do as a woman, you know, like things change in a moment and you have to suddenly change your perspective. Right. Like no offense to those who are traditional, but that's just not us. Well, I actually would say that of the three of us, I am the most traditional. Okay. So Julia's (laughs) traditional. I mean, I might have a little yeah. snark with it, but of the three of yeah. us, I yeah. am the most traditional. I'm yeah. the only one who's married. I am obsessed with my children. Not that you're not, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. you know, 
I am the traditional Hispanic wife. Yeah, yeah. You, you think take about that title. Yeah. Even like when I was married, I didn't take on that traditional thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I was super young. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the yeah, issue I think was. That like, yeah, I, I would say I am traditional for today's time. You know, yeah. I might not be traditional for like a 50s wife, mm-hmm. but for today's time, I, I would say I'm more traditional. Right, yeah. So the, the tithe is coming, and Anthony has told him it's time. Twice a year, each member of the Supreme Court must pay a tithe, dependent on income and status. What's wrong, Maggie? I think we should have that. A tithe? <laughs> There's actually a tithe in the uh, Catholic Church. <laughs> Boo. Yeah, you should That's my, my untraditional <laughs> Anyways, it's how they keep up the manor. Centuries food servants. In exchange, Tamlin protects them. And as Tam's wife, she will be expected to sit with him. If someone does not pay, she will be expected to sit there while he figures out a punishment. He will give them a three days grace and afterward will hunt them down. So, this might be a silly question, but do you think he hunts them down in his beast form? Or does he hunt him d- them down like Van Pelt in Jumanji? Oh my God! Hear me no. out. What? I think that he's in his beast form with a safari hat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's definitely in beast form. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I just thought it was funny because uh, <laughs> to me, be. he's hunting the way they the way they worded it that he I would know. hunt them down uh-huh. and that he was allowed special privileges from the high priestesses uh-huh. to hunt them down yeah who the hell i want to know how much these priestesses give i know what's their time exactly okay so like the, this part was like alarming to me uh-huh. upon my reread a lot of people like reread akamath uh-huh. like a lot i did not reread akamath a whole lot and if I did, it was like starting in the middle, you know? Uh-huh. Oh I my was, God. You know, you don't even know how many times I've heard start in the middle. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I didn't. I'm like, I don't want to read the, you know, like the slow descent toward going into the, you know, where mm-hmm. we yeah, eventually right, right. Yeah, go you're, you're, to. Like, you want to get the juicy part. So you yeah, skip this kind of part. I don't part. want yeah. this first part. You know what? Yeah. Uh, when I was doing these like summaries, I forgot this part even happened. Me too. Yeah. So, like I'm like, did I read this the first time? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I read this part. Yeah. So like, Feyre had like her, she had time to get used to the spring court where they mm. literally just did nothing. Like they didn't have the tithe. Mm. They didn't have all this stuff going on. And now she has to do all this traditional stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, like this is not her tradition of the Supreme Court. These, this is the old, 50 years ago at least, tradition. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then for, like, Lucian to be, like, tied into it and be and like, like I, I keep track of who gets, who pays and who does not. I know. Is Ianthe on there? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? At least he doesn't like Ianthe. Maybe he'll just write her name on there so she could get hunted down to <laughs> He's like, that bitch owes me. That bitch did not pay. <laughs> she needs to go go to collections <laughs> she owes me an apology she looked at me <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> i'm charging her for so that so what kind right. of gifts do they give him like cat treats or what oh <laughs> <Money> for- <laughs> no, cat treats a- are not a form of <laughs> it's, a, it's a laser <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real, is it all money? Yeah, man. so he can like no, run. It's, it's also goods too. Yeah, like, okay. Probably like those uh, chocolate torts. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, chocolate torts, fish, like, 
produce. It's also like stuff to barter with. Yeah. But it has to be equivalent in the cost of what, you know, what they're having to pay. Right. So, Farah argues that she cannot stay cooped up in the house forever. Farah does not want to marry a high lord. She wants to marry Tamlin. Mm. Lucian tells her one does not exist without the other. Tam will always seek to protect Farah, whether she likes it or not. She expresses that she doesn't like Lucian keeping secrets from her. Lucian tells Farah that Tam got what he, Lucian, wanted for his love to come back from her passing. Mm. They all heard Farah's neck break. Mm. Tamlin will never forget that sound and will do everything in his power to protect her from that danger again, even keep secrets. Tam's word is law. Feyre convinces herself that giving Tam time was the least she could do. Question? Seriously? The <laughs> least she could do? The least yeah. he could do is let her walk about. It's like her age is coming out. You could tell, like, you're 19 when you just give in to everything. Like. I know, yeah. And these two old-ass farts telling her what to do, <laughs> and she's blaming them. Right. Yeah. I feel bad. I think this is the part where also Lucian kind of conveys to her what happened with his mate. Yeah, yeah. Or not mate. Um, yeah. The girl that he was with. And he had to watch. Yeah, this yeah. is the first time she's heard it from him. She heard it from Tam. Right. But, yeah. So he's got his, his own PTSD coming into the fold. Right. So he's just totally on Tamlin's side. And so that's why he's backing up mm-hmm. Tamlin so much. Because, like, he doesn't want to hear that again. He doesn't want to hear Pharaoh's neck snap either. Right. So when they finally get to the village... Everyone pauses from their tasks to look at them. She hears someone call her Favorite Curse Breaker. Isn't that kind of a cool, like, superhero name? That really is. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Uh, Lucian goes up to ask what is needed, if they can help, and he is told the debt is paid. Mm. And this is what happened at each stop when Lucian offered help. And so they ride back home. Favorite tells Lucian that she did not recognize the people. He tells her that Amarantha had camps for them, cramped into chambers and... Tunnels. Yeah. With no light. Yes, with Can no light. Can you imagine that? Yeah. So, like, okay, Very so... Very claustrophobic, right? Right. So, they, uh, they did horrible things because of hunger. Right. And because of going mad. They, right now, are just trying to remember what is normal. And that's really sad because yeah. who knows what ages these people were too. Oh, like, yeah. Can you imagine yeah. a young Faye and they're just trying to fight for their lives in a oh, tunnel? And, and so those sad. that had, you know, children or... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So our third wine of the night is Wimberley Valley's Sweet Red Wine. From Texas. From Texas. Wimberley, of -hmm. course. Chapter four. A few days before their wedding, guests start arriving. Farah is passed around, going to meetings, participating in dinners, luncheons, picnics, and hunts. She is starting to look forward to this wedding because afterwards she didn't have to be pleasant or talk to anyone for a bit. Isn't that sad that this is the reason she is happy? The wedding is soon. So, yeah, that is very sad. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's the whole reason why she's excited for this wedding is that she doesn't want to socialize anymore with his people, right? Instead of being happy that she's going to be with the love of her life for Mm -hmm. all of eternity. Yeah. Which is is the reason why you should be excited about your wedding and, and, and the cake. 
cake. Yeah, cake is... I don't know. My wedding was kind of stressful. Uh, but was the cake good? <laughs> the cake was really good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the cake, the cake made That's all everything the counts. better. The, cr- the cake was great in mine, too. Wait, the cu- I think oh, you saw that was really good, too. <laughs> Sorry. The Zen food. never got married. Zen, Zen. It's not too late, girl. Yeah, yeah. it's never too late. And anybody want to marry Zen, just give us a call. Even though she doesn't care for all the socializing, she grins and bears it for Tamlin's sake. Feyre, of course. Okay. So that she can get to know those who belong to his court. During one of these events, Ianthe tells Feyre she should head to bed. Feyre tells her that she still has another hour before she needs to sleep, and Ianthe offers her to help prepare for the next day's events. Feyre thinks to herself that she'd like to ask Ianthe to stay permanently. She relies heavily on her help with everything for the decisions she doesn't like making for guidance. They are interrupted by two males who come to speak to Ianthe. When introduced to Feyre, they reveal they were under the mountain with her and commend her on her trial with the Middengard Worm. Feyre reluctantly thanks them, not trying to remember that stench. They missed the hunt earlier and wanted to see her in action. Feyre doesn't reveal that she never wants to pick up a bow and arrow again. The hunt was hard to endure, and everyone watched her, and she still didn't draw her arrow. When one of the males eyes Feyre's tattoo, he asks if she's heard from the High Lord of the Night Court. She tells them no. They comment that Reese is probably running scared because Tam Tam has all his powers back, and she tells them that they don't know Rasand very well, which shocks them into silence. She had never been so assertive in her speaking. Ianthe announces that she and the other priestesses are working on a way to get her out of it. And Feyre wonders to herself if that is why Tamlin brought Ianthe to begin with. Mm-hmm. Feyre tells Ianthe that she is heading up to bed. As she's walking away, she takes a look at Tamlin and Lucian having a good time surrounded by both male and female Haifei. And they looked so natural and happy and she doesn't remember the last time she had a good laugh. So, why the heck does she put up with all of this bullshit? First off, that's sad. I know. I know. If I'm not laughing, like, at least one part of it, I mean, it's impossible to find a day that I do not laugh. But also, she feels like she owes Tamlin, like, to keep him happy when he's the one who owes her. I know. I know. And and I just don't understand That's crazy. Like, I wouldn't be able to do that. I mean... Obviously, if she hasn't laughed in like the, at least the last three months, I mean, who goes that long without laughing, you know? No. Uh, then clearly she's not happy. I mean, she's questioning herself like, leave already. <laughs> yeah. Personally. Yeah. I would have just run off with Lucian. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. So that night, Feyre awakes from a nightmare. She thinks of her trials and how Ianthe's friend had talked about these trials as if they were a sport. She had nearly died three times. She thinks that tomorrow she will be Tam's wife. It would be her first step toward healing. And then it would be all fine, right? Yeah, right. Right, right. right. Like you said earlier, like the wedding, the marriage is a band-aid. Right. Yeah. Like, and, right. Then, and then having an heir for Talon is the next band-aid. Right. Right. And then, oh, wait, the heir needs a pair. You know, like he needs another right. one. Yeah. Like they're making they're him happy. Better. When are you going to make yourself happy? Yeah. So the next morning, Farah is in her horrid wedding <laughs> gown 
It was made of tulle and oh my goodness, had puffy sleeves and had <laughs> made hissing noises <laughs> with each step. She also wore elbow length silk gloves to hide her tattoo and deal she made with Reese. Alice tells her not to be nervous and that Pharaoh looks beautiful. <laughs> like a beautiful cupcake. Like, um, like a meringue pie. Mm. Oh, that sounds so good right now. You know what that reminds me of? Um, the fudge Frenchie on uh, Grease. Aww. Yeah. So Alice makes a comment that Pharaoh sounds like she is going to her funeral. Aww. 300 guests are seated and pivot toward Pharaoh as she nears the crowd and Alice coughs. And this reminds her that she needs to walk towards the dais, toward Tamlin. She sees her Tamlin all hotness in a green and gold tunic with his little crown of leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and then she steps onto the grass that is scattered with white rose petals, but with red ones too. Oh my goodness. She specifically said to Ianthe, no red Pinche roses. Ianthe. Pinche Ianthe. That's messed up. Yeah. That bitch. Sorry. <laughs> They looked like drops of blood. She forces herself to look at Tamlin, but she is so broken and dark inside. Every step is just going too fast. She was a murderer and a liar. Ten steps from the dais, she stops. She's thinking of the blood she spilled, and Tamlin extends a hand towards Vera, and she feels like she's going to puke. So many eyes were on her, she knows she can't turn to walk away, but she still cannot make the final steps. In her mind, she begs someone to help her. Tamlin takes a step toward her, and she retreats one step, and Ianthe beckons her to come forward. Just then, Thunder cracked behind her and people screamed. She whirls around to find Rhysan saying, Hello, favorite darling. Oh my god, the relief. Okay, the love. Okay, I loved this moment when I first read it. I don't, I, I didn't even know mm -hmm. that they were gonna end up together. Right. Mm -hmm. I just knew that the stress that she was going through and the the cry for help and the fact that it was answered yeah, that was right all i wanted my thing was the same like i did not know he resan and fire were going to end up together mm -hmm. but the fact that i anthe was making so many calls in fear's life like i did mm -hmm. not like that yeah and all that meant to me was like there wasn't going to be just farah and tamlin in that marriage it is going to be farah tamlin and ianthe yeah I, I wouldn't have been able to live like that that no no yeah. The fact that she went ahead with the red roses, roses. after she specifically I know. Like, purposely said, triggering her, like that what the hell? Bitch. And she didn't have to live through any of that. Right. She didn't ha she didn't have any ounce of PTSD or you know, like right. there's nothing but Feyre, you know, in her short lifespan, you know, she was able to survive so much. Right. But Ianthe, she got one request from Feyre and she still couldn't she didn't even fulfill that and she's like all so about her and also and also Ianthe wasn't even brave enough brave enough to like weather the storm she and her mm -hmm. family were not even around oh, right that's, that's right that's she the, left like that's what i'm saying yeah. like she so. like surviving she is not surviving she fled well Feyre just as a human endured mm -hmm. a lot already just as a human right. 
But then on top of that, she just saved all of Prithian, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But like, where does Ianthi get the freaking balls to do all this thing? I don't and even then, know. That's why Tamlin, I hate her and so Tamlin much. And to like be like, she knows best. How does she know, know best? She ran away. She hasn't been around for 50 years. How does she know best? Yeah. I've, I kind of feel like that's kind of their prejudice against humans, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. So, mm-hmm. like, so even though Feyre is high fate, she's still not good enough for Tamlin? Yeah. It's kind of like with Hispanics, right? Right. Like, you're, you will, like, me and you will never be Hispanic enough or Mexican Correct. enough. Right. Because we be also don't know the language completely. Right. Because we don't own language you know so we're like caught in a, in a halfway place right mm-hmm. so that's where we're at with like probably people that live in mexico and so on mm-hmm. or even our elders right 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 but we're also not well we're also not to them they're also mm-hmm. oh you're not american either correct so you're not american enough you can't be. make anyone happy right like, so uh, we're in the in between chapter five tamlin lucian and their sentries have their swords half drawn but Rhysand lifts his hand and they freeze and he backs away slowly he makes the comment what a pretty little wedding Aww. i know right <laughs> reese checks out Farah and is not too happy that she is covering her arms with gloves <laughs> Tamlin tells Reese to get out, but Reese reveals he's come to collect on his bargain with Feyre. Reese threatens Tam, saying he knows what will happen if he breaks the bargain. Mm-hmm. And then he tells Feyre she should be happy to see him. He gave her three months of freedom, after all. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Can I cut in real quick before I forget? Sure. Fun fact about sentries. Do you know how they look like? They're like knights. And did you know that they have no private parts? They're mm-hmm. like kind of like the AI of Interesting. So Reese tells everyone he will be taking Vera now, but Tam tries to stop him. Reese says he didn't think he was interrupting anything. He thought it was over. <laughs> At least Ferris seemed to think so. Ferris realizes mm-hmm. Reese knows that she was about to say no, mm-hmm. all because of this bond or magic they have going on between them. Tam asks Rhysand to let them finish the ceremony, but Reese points out that the priestess has left the premises. <laughs> Which is hilarious. That weak-ass bitch. Right? <laughs> She's like, gone. I know. What a chicken shit. Like, see, she just runs. Mm-hmm. She ran from Amarantha. She ran because she's scared of Reese. Whatever. Yeah. She's a little chicken shit. What a wuss. So Tamlin tries to bargain with Rhysand to let Vera stay, but Reese is not in the mood for bargains today. He places his hand on her elbow and... Farah feels a jolt. Tam tries to threaten Reese. Which is laughable. I know. Against harming Farah. And Reese just says he can have her back in a week. Reese places a hand around her waist and tells Farah to hold on. And then they are in darkness. Hmm. Farah is clinging to Reese and hating him at the same time. <laughs> the darkness fades and she smells jasmine and Aww. sees stars. A sea of stars that framed a view of snow-capped mountains. He tells her, welcome to the night court. Oh, wouldn't that be beautiful? Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, like, even out here, you don't see that many stars. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, we're not in the city. Well, what's that Our phenomenon called? It's Aurora... Borealis? Yeah, that's Aurora. what I imagine. Like, whenever they talk about it, I don't know. Like, something beautiful like that. Fair notes that this is the most beautiful place she had ever seen. Mm, mm, much like the man that she's with, right? Mm, yeah. I mean, she does admit that he is the most beautiful man. She yeah, seen, yeah. Right? 
Oh. They were in some building perched atop one of the mountains. Yeah, There's... baby. Oh, sorry. She's all excited about the house on the mountain. <laughs> that house yes. is lovely sounding. She was happy about this house that's been erected on the side of a mountain. <laughs> yeah, baby. Erect. Yeah. So there's no windows and it's open to the elements. However, it remains warm. Mm-hmm. I don't know because there's houses that are not open to the elements <laughs> and they're still cold. <laughs> Mom's house. <laughs> she notices that there are dim stairwells coming off the marble. The rest of the night court must have been down that way. No wonder she didn't hear any screams. Mm-hmm. Reese reveals that this is his private residence. She notices his tan. You know, not like me. He's quite pale. I didn't make it to the beach last weekend, so, you know, quite pale. And his membranous wings are nowhere to be seen. Just his smirky face. Oh. He snarkily tells Fira, you're welcome. And she asks, for what? Thank you. I mean. He says he heard her ask for help, begging someone to rescue her, to get her out. He rips off her gloves. Fira tells Reese that she didn't say anything. And he tells her he heard it loud and clear. Fira asks to be taken back, but Reese tells her this was a good time to come and collect. She would have rejected Tam in front of all his court. Now she can blame him. She's angry that Reese revealed to Tam that she had some reservations about the wedding. She asks what he wants and Reese says he wants her to take off that ridiculous wedding gown <laughs> and for her to say thank you. Farah tells Reese that he doesn't know anything about her and he challenges her back. Does Tamlin? Does he know she pukes her guts out every night? That made me cry. He ought to, because he's fucking Faye. Yeah. Or that she cannot go into certain rooms or see certain colors. She tells him to get the hell out of her head, and he tells her to do the same, which I thought was kind of cute. Yeah, it, it was. I admit that. Does he want to see her puking every night? He doesn't appreciate the front row seating he has because of this bond. And as for what he wants, he will tell her in the morning. She mm. needed to clean herself up and go to her room for now. Yeah. Go to your room, Farah. I do like that he's willing to like put himself as the person to blame for her not wanting to marry. I know, Tamlin. and like the right. whole time, you know, he knows what's going on between them, but he's trying to, like, even later on, he's like, "You're going to be the wife of the," you know, he's resigned. Like, this is what's going to happen. This is what she wants, mm-hmm. and this is going to happen, even though he knows better. Anyway. Yeah. Reese tells her that she is a guest of his and will have the privileges of anyone in his household. No one will harm her. He's just collecting on their bargain. When she asks where his subjects are, he tells them some dwell in the mountain, but they would not set foot in this residence. His court beneath the mountain has long been feared. He presides over it now and then, but it mostly rules itself. Tam likely suspects Reese is subjecting her to that court. He tells her he is not taking her there. This is his home. Down there is his occupation. All the rest of his peeps are scattered throughout the night court territory, dwelling as they wish. He tells her once again that he is willing to accept her thanks at any time. <laughs> and this angers Pharaoh, and she throws her shoe at him, knocking <laughs> him in the head. Like, she's quite brave, right? He hisses at her. Like the chunkla. <laughs> yeah, he... Oh my god. I he know. does. Like a little... 
snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the graphic audio. Yeah, makes I know. It I like very it. clear. She takes off the other shoe and Reese dares her, which of course, if somebody didn't dare me, I'm totally doing it. Fuck yeah. yeah. She throws it and he catches it and turns it to black dust in his fist. Favor heads toward the doorway where Reese told her her room would be. She hears some female voice saying, Well, that went well. <laughs> her room was a dream, luxurious and whatnot. But the bathtub? It was a pool hanging right oh. off the mountain. The room was fit for an empress. Favor didn't bother to lock up because it wouldn't have kept Reese out anyway. She's still annoyed with Reese, even if he saved her from having to refuse Tamlin. But Tamlin had seen her hesitation. But did he know that she was going to say no? She needed to speak with him and give him an explanation. Maybe she needed to wait until their mating bond came into place. Then she would know for sure. She takes down her hair and starts ripping off her hideous dress in tears. She dresses in some night clothes, climbs into the bed, and lets the floodgates open. So, if you were Pharaoh, what would you enjoy more? The giant bathtub or a giant fluffy bed? Probably both. Oh my gosh. I know. I don't even know where I if would start. If I had start. to choose, I'd go for the bed. But uh, if I could same. have both, like, oh. I would say, I would choose the bed because, like, she had to deal with that beast. He probably had fleas. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't stay with her. Right. And it was a fluffy bed. Oh my God. It probably felt like sleeping in a cloud. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It would be the bed for me, probably. <sighs> I could shower and, like, be fine with it. Like, <laughs> and, 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 you know, like, I still am quite a a bath lover I do like a bath yeah. but that bed yeah know? and you know after you've had like a stressful time you don't, I mean I don't want to take a bath I want to go to sleep <laughs> sleep off that stress yeah I'm sure some people want to take a bath but not me a comfy bed no if it had jets let's get it. Oh. <laughs> that's yes. different right? Right? Uh, anyway so the next morning, the old handmaidens from under the mountain, mm-hmm. and I, I don't even know how this is pronounced, Nuwala and Saridwin, I'm guessing. Saridwin. Saridwin. Okay. Mm-hmm. Came to awaken Farah and let her know it was time to bathe and dress. They lay out her clothes for her and allow her to ready herself in private. As she's trying to linger in that bath forever, she feels a tug, a sort of summon that she knows is coming from Resand. And she follows that tug until she finds Resand seated and waiting for her at the dining table. Fira tells Reese that she is not a dog to be summoned. He tells her that he didn't want her to get lost. (laughs) She comments that she thought it would always be dark at the night court. And he tells her that they are one of the solar courts. Their nights are far more beautiful, but they do adhere to the laws of nature. The seasonal courts are linked to their high lords. Their magic keeps them in eternal spring, winter, fall, or summer. The solar courts are more symbolic. Mm-hmm. So, what season would you be willing to live in for eternity? Fall. Yeah, unfortunately, it would probably be autumn. I think so, too. Isn't that interesting? I, would I be think there. it's because we don't really get one, right? Yeah. Right. We get, like, hot, 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 or freezing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. wouldn't it be beautiful to live in a place to have, like, the autumn leaves and everything? The yeah. coolness and just not the heat? I'm not going to say yes, because if Arnold hears me say the yes, he's going to try to move <laughs> me somewhere. <laughs> so... Maybe. I'm going to yeah. say maybe. <laughs> maybe. I agree, though. Yeah. To live there with Lucian. 
Wow. It's always going to come up. Anything, anything to bring up Lucian's name. I know. I know. <laughs> so Reese comments that Farrah has lost weight. She asks, why is he surprised if he's always digging through her head? <laughs> he tells her he only does that on occasion and cannot help what she sends down the bond. Farrah asks Reese how this bond works, and he explains it as a bridge between their two minds. He can go into anyone's mind with or without a bargain and bridge. Sometimes she has her shields up, but sometimes when she's super emotional, the shield is gone. She asks how often he goes through her mind. Reese tells her when he cannot tell if her nightmares are real threats or imagined, when she silently begs anyone to help her not get married. But if he really wants to, he could get through her shields unless she wants to be trained to block him. Fair asks what he wants of her this week, and he tells her he wants her to learn how to read. Aww. So do you, have you ever had somebody like, Ar this happens to me and Arnold all the time. Because Arnold and I, I, I would say we are like perfect mates. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of annoying because sometimes we will say what the other person is thinking and then we're like, ah, oh, I was going to say that. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just going to say that. And it kind of like drives each other. I think we drive each other crazy with that. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, then I'm like, you know what? I guess that means we are like quite like my and right. on the same page all the time well, do, most of the time I do that with Charlie and what gets me is when he like sniffs at the same time as me it's like why <laughs> when he sniffs yeah like, I'm like if I take him zip like, like that he'll do it at the same exact time like mm -hmm. it's freaking weird like you're freaking weird dude interesting I think that you know <laughs> if he's weird and you are in love with him that only speaks of, of you know, of your personality. To your weirdness, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm, I'm a bit of weird. So, like, I, I, I embrace my weirdness, and I, in fact, I think I have actually influenced Arnold to be quite weird and embrace <laughs> his weird side, because I don't think he was quite as weird as he is no. before me. <laughs> so, anyway, any comments, questions, anything like that regarding this episode or any previous episode please send that to our email it's three whiny witches at gmail.com with the number three yes we can be followed on instagram and tiktok at three whiny witches yes please let us know any comments or any answers to any of the questions that you heard pop up on our podcast or let us know about any feedback that you have for us. We're open to that, of course. Until next time. See you later, witches. Toodles. Toodles.